Welcome back, everybody, to episode 22 of Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. This week we are coming to you from the Nashville Fairgrounds. I am your host, Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us now is the star of the show, Bobby Blaze. Hey, Jeremy. Man, it sure is good to be back and back to a normal uh, venue here at the uh, Nashville Fairgrounds, man. The last couple has been kind of creepy uh, due to the season, I guess, maybe it's the season of the witch or whatever. I don't know, but man, I'm glad to be at those last two locations and I'm glad oh, yeah. to be back with you this week, my friend. Yeah, I was starting to wonder, are we making, uh, are we making Adam use his own credit cards when he books this stuff? <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder, man. Is, I don't know. <laughs> everything, everything kind of seems to be done by the lowest bidder each time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, we got the, uh, this is episode 22. Can you believe that? That's awesome. And, uh, we're coming from the Nashville Fairgrounds and, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, of course. <clears throat> and with that, um, we got the scariest gimmicks that flopped. I think last week, I, that was one of the funner episodes. The last two's been, everything's fun, it seems like, when we have these rants and this and that, or I do, at least. I think we both did on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we went off on a certain product. But anyway, the last couple of episodes have just been really funny. Uh, fun to do. I said that last time, funny, instead of fun to do. And I'm hoping this episode comes across as funny also because, uh, or fun, God damn it, just get me going. But anyway, my point is, it's been fun. Doing these last few episodes of Scariest Gimmicks last week, and this week is the Scariest Gimmicks that flopped. Last week, the ones that got over. Yeah. But, well, yeah. you know, it, to be fair, I, I hope our episodes are usually fun and funny at the same yes. time. Yeah. Yes. Because we do try to, you know, do a little bit of entertainment in there and have some good times and stuff. So, but, um, yeah, before you get into the... Uh, the venue here, what we're going to talk about a little bit about that. Uh, do we need to give any shout outs or anything? Cause I have a couple of things I want to go over real quickly, but, uh, well, let's, go over, let's go over yours and then I'll do mine. <clears throat> okay. Well, let's talk about the big cough there. Um, I always catch myself when I listen back on the podcast about having an opportunity to do something. And last week we introduced, uh, what we introduced, we were just doing it, like we mentioned, the top 10 scariest gimmicks got over. And one of them was Jake the Snake Roberts. And in that, um, we also mentioned, uh, you mentioned Kendo, uh, during another little, uh, segment. I can't remember what the exact one was, but I have a little story there. I actually, uh, I, I had a chance to, to talk about last week and didn't. The Kendo gimmick, man. Uh, the one funny story I wanted to tell real briefly about Kendo, uh, was, that was Jake Roberts' henchman when Jake came to Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And, you know, it's no spoiler alert right now that, uh, Tim Horner was the original Kendo. He left the position and I took over. I'd gotten fired. I'd, 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 it's a long story. I'll tell you on another podcast. It's really funny about me and Cornette having words. At times, every time I got fired within two days, it was like three times. And then two days later, it's like a fuck you, Jimmy. It's fuck you, Bobby. And it was right back to, he hired me right back. It's just one of these things. We, we it was just, it, it, we have a great relationship and I love Jim Cornette. So don't even want to take it out of context. Uh, I stayed there and it's one of those things. Sometimes he had to send me away so I can come back. You know, one of the times I came back, I had just left because he wasn't going to use me um, for obvious reasons. I'd been there, and then Tim quit, so he put the fucking kendo. He called me like two later, like, Bobby, I, you want to be here? And I was like, yeah. So it was right back on good terms, whatever. But uh, 
Jake Roberts wanted to give us a God over was, uh, we was in Knoxville the night of the OJ chase. And that was the worst we ever drew in Knoxville, Tennessee at the, uh, uh Civic Coliseum there was. There was a uh, baseball game taking place in town with a well-known basketball player playing for Birmingham. He was playing for the Birmingham Barons. You might have heard of Michael Jordan was mm-hmm. in town, uh, played against Nashville Smokies that, or excuse me, uh, Nashville, still my mind, Knoxville Smokies that night. So that took a large portion of a crowd. And also everyone's fucking home, uh, watching TV because OJ chases on the TV. And I had been there for probably three or four weeks of Jake's henchman. We already shot three or four weeks of TV. Uh, long story short, what's funny was people were yelling that were there. Uh, I had people yelling at me before Jake and I went out. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, Tim Horner. Tim Horner, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> and I was standing there. And the other thing was Jake didn't have a snake that night. We had a big old hose, a, a vacuum hose to like a, a pump. Okay. A water pump type thing. You're probably familiar with it. I don't know the exact, uh, the hose type, what that's called. A vacuum pump hose, if you will, and it rolled up in a duffel bag. So it was a moveless snake that night. But, um, that's one of the worst nights ever as far as drawing, but that was just a little kendo story about a gimmick that, uh, it wasn't supposed to be scary, but it didn't get over. And of course, within a couple weeks after that, I gave it up to, uh, uh, Brian Logan, Brian Keys. I called Cornette and said, I can't do this without blah, blah, blah. And we were like, well, don't. And I no-showed. He sent a message. <laughs> it's like, it was really funny. He's like, no, don't worry about it. I got someone else to do it for less than what you were doing it for. So he saved money a foreigner. Then I got it. Then he saved money of me when someone else got it. So it just faded out. But it was one of the funny stories that um, that was one of the worst times ever that uh, that Smoky Mountain drew because of that. Uh, but I was there. But my name, Bobby Blaze, wasn't on the uh, marquee, so I can't take the heat for that. Uh, the other thing was, was, uh, we mentioned Kane as getting over as a number two, um, mm-hmm. you know, last week of getting gimmicks that got over. Kane actually stepped to my, uh, my mom's couch a few times. And, uh, before he was Kane, uh, before he was even Unibomb, he was coming through and he stayed here in, in, in Kentucky a couple of times away from Tampa back to, uh, St. Louis, uh, Kansas City, St. Louis, wherever it was out, out that way where he's living at the time. Of course, that's been many, many years ago, and uh, Glenn's always been really, really good to me, and uh, and likewise to him. In fact, when I went backstage a few years back to a WWE show, uh, my youngest son, uh, I was talking. I, Charles Roberts and uh, Charles Robinson, rather, and uh, Scotty Armstrong got me in. I'd been talking to him, and they, you know, come up, blah, blah. I wanted to go, of course. And anyway, I think it was Scotty said, Man, Bobby, you're not going to know anyone on the show, hardly, you know. I ended up knowing Glenn and Dustin. That was pretty much it as far as people knew. But Glenn, I called my son, and I, I handed a phone to Glenn, and, and he told me my boy was working his first job. And Glenn, Kane gave him a little talk about how important it was to work and, and have a, you know, have a job and, you know, make an impact as a little 16 year old, you know, and that's, that's been like five years ago now because my boy's 21. But anyway, so sharing those stories, that's just the way the wrestling business works sometimes. I just wanted to, when we went over those people last week, Jake Roberts and Kane gimmicks that got over, I, I could have added a few stories, but I know we're also on the time, uh, and I know I've already spent about five minutes of this episode talking about that. And with that said, uh, you know, I just, we can go ahead and move on. I just want to get those. I hate missing the opportunity to not, 
to not say something. You know, we're seven minutes into the segment here, and and I just want to get that out there that you know sometimes it's hard for me to differentiate differentiate between being one of the boys and and just being a fan of the business. Oh yeah, I'm sure talking about something. And my brother or my son or even you will say, Bobby, but you had just you had a perfect opportunity to say, and man, I just get caught up in it because we have such a fun time, you know, recording the segments. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm gonna stop there and just let you know I appreciate you letting me get that off my chest. Cause oh, absolutely. That I didn't get to tell those personal stories, and I think our fans get to um, when they get a peek behind the curtain, if you will. Um, they enjoy them. It seems like it. I uh, get good, you know, tweets back from it and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love when you have little stories. I, I know what you mean about separating yourself as a fan or somebody who's involved. So, <clears throat> a couple of years back, when I first started podcasting, my wife and I had a podcast about one of our favorite TV shows. It's just, it's kind of little known. It's called Corner Gas. It's from Canada. It just it was during the time where our kid passed away. And we just locked on to the show, and it was something that was always happy. Nothing really bad ever happened. So we're doing a podcast, you know, about the show. We're getting fans. I get a couple interviews with some of the cast members. Mm. Then we go up to Canada and go to dinner with one of them and his wife. And I had to shut the podcast down. I was like, it's I, I, the line has been blurred too much between yeah. me, Jeremy, the fan of the show, and Jeremy, the friend of the guy on the show. Just, I can't watch the show anymore, and I, <laughs> and I can't talk about it much, because it's just, it, feel, it feels like I'm stalking him at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I understand where you can get yourself in that position, like, because you're, you're, you know, you're Robert Smedley, the guy, <laughs> but you're also Bobby Blaze, the wrestler. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, not to, not to show everybody your gimmick, but, you know. No, no, that, yeah. that's... That's hard sometimes. It really is. And most people know me. And, and people, that's not, and I don't see a whole lot of people. I live in a small town, but and I, everyone knows everyone. But some people call me Smed. If someone, I used to tell people, I, I just say it real quickly. If someone says, hey, Smed, I know I've probably played basketball or sports with that person, and I went to grade school through junior high or maybe high school with them. If someone calls me Bobby, then I know they probably – you know, just know me from school, and then if someone's called me Robert, there's about three people coming. I know I'm, my ass is better turn around and see who the fuck just now talked to me, because I know them really, really well. And there's only about three people left that call me Robert. So, but most people say, hey, Bobby Blaze, it's two words. It's not like, hey, Bobby, hey, Smed, hey, Robert. It's, I get a lot of, hey, Bobby Blaze, and a lot of times when I turn around, I'm like, okay, I'm drawing blanks. Where the fuck do I know you from? You know, yeah. and I, I, they, they just know who I am. And so I know when I hear, hey, Bobby Blaze, it's either someone that's seen me on TV and probably does not know me very personally. So um, I went to the library for an uh, independent author's day last Saturday, and they had the uh, the table, you know, had like seven authors there. And my name, it said Robert Smedley, and underneath it said Bobby Blaze Smedley. And I'm like, there's like 20 fucking people here. I don't, I, I don't know how to fuck. They don't know who I am. I don't know who the fuck I am half the time myself. It, it's just me, you know? So, yeah, it's hard sometimes, but it's, I, I know who I am. That, that's when people say, I hate when people say, do you know who I am? They pull that card. I'm like, 
motherfucker, I don't know who I am. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, anytime. Sometimes know who I am. <laughs> anytime somebody says that, I, I'm a minute away from headbutting them in the nose anyways, you know. Oh, you know who I am. I'm just thinking, you're the same guy that's going to crumble when I headbutt you in the nose. <laughs> if I knew who you was, do you right. really think I'd give a fuck? <laughs> that is always the important And part. I never pulled that out. That's one thing I'll say that. I've never been that person that says, do you know who I am? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? What kind of arrogant fucking asshole prick says, do you know who I am? I'm like, eh, well, probably not, pal, but yeah. uh, we'll find out in just a minute. <laughs> I'm with you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. My, my only shout out this week is to the National Wrestling Alliance. Happy 70th birthday, NWA. Wow. Good shout um, out, man. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the old girl ain't as dead as they've reported, apparently. Apparently not, man. Yeah. With that said, why don't you just lead that as a great segue into why we're coming from Nashville. How's that? Oh, yeah. Well, so this, you know, like I just said, is the 70th anniversary of the National Wrestling Alliance. And they're doing a big blowout show in uh, at the Nashville Fairgrounds. They're going to unveil the new NWA national title. Uh, James J. Dillon apparently is going to be presenting it or handing it off. I'm not sure which. Yeah. Uh, Jazz is going to be defending the women's title. And Nick Aldis versus Cody, uh, two out of three falls for the NWA title. Nice, man. And that's just coming Sunday, correct? Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's, it's funny to me because for 20 years I couldn't have given a shit about pro wrestling. And now all of a sudden I am super excited by it all over again. I'm like a teenager practically, you know? Right on, man. Yep. Kind of go, what we talking about differentiating a fan and a person. You know, it's good to be a fan. Yeah. Absolutely. A couple of weeks back, man, it's really good to be a fan again. Um, I'm with you. I, I'm, you got me excited again about getting into, you know, listening to these different podcasts and listening and watching some of the, the wrestling that's going on out there today on the independent scene. And, and we had talked about that, uh, doing something along those lines of alternatives to to your wrestling product. But, man, I think it's kind of come along on its own that yeah. that, that there's a lot, lot out there. And uh, I appreciate you smarting me up to that. Uh, the only thing I have is from um, the Nashville Fairgrounds was um, it's been around for a long time. Uh, as far as the wrestling goes, it's been home to, of course, the old Memphis Territory. That was a, a, a weekly town there. And I'm just going to uh, say a few words about it real briefly. And that is, uh, it's now, it has been home in the past to a Ring of Honor, Total Nonstop Action, Traditional Championship Wrestling, Crossfire Entertainment, NWA Showtime, All-Star Wrestling, USA Wrestling, and most recently, Aero Lucha. Longtime wrestling promoter, Nick Goulas joined the National Wrestling Alliance in 1949 after his creation. As NWA Mid-America, Goulas promoted weekly matches from 1973 to 1977. In 1977, Jack Briscoe would be the first NWA World's Heavyweight Champion to defend his title in a two-out-of-three-falls match against Don Green, two falls to one. In 1975, Briscoe would again return to the fairgrounds and successfully defend his title against Don Kent. Although Terry Funk would defend the title in Nashville during his reign, it wouldn't be at the fairgrounds. Although the world's heavyweight champion would be absent from the shows in the fairgrounds, the NWA would still play a role in NWA America Championship 
uh, belts being defended. Even in the 80s, the venue was being booked by Continental Wrestling Alliance that has ties to the AWA. The NWA titles would still be defended as the NWA Southern Tag Team Championship. And it just goes on talking a little bit. I just got that from an article from the history of the National Wrestling Alliance there in Nashville at the fairgrounds. And with that, you know, coming up with the 70th anniversary, I just kind of want to tie that in uh, with, with our venue because we've come from some spooky places the last few weeks. And, and it, like we mentioned earlier, it's just good to uh, to be back into a regular venue, something that's known throughout the world of professional wrestling as one of the all-time uh, great facilities or venues to run professional wrestling. With that said, again, uh, it's episode 22. It's scariest gimmicks that flop this week. And on the bell to bell with Bobby Blaze and Jeremy, I'm going to use that as a segue to uh, use our sponsor to books for this week's promotion, if you don't care. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, you can get a hold of Bobby's books, whether digital or paper form, by using the following links. Uh, they're affiliate links for the show, so the show makes a little bit of money. Bobby makes a little bit of money for selling a book. Uh, you can get to Pin Me, Pay Me by going to tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. And you can get his other book, I Kicked Out On To, The Educational Wrestler, by going to tinyurl.com slash blazebook2. Um, that being said, we may, we're trying out a couple different things this week. I'm not sure how any of it's going to work. I've got a new set of headphones, a new microphone, and we're using new recording software. So if there's any glitches or anything, no, it's not because I, you know, got lazy. It's just because we're doing a bunch of new things and I'm trying to figure out how they're going to work. So Bobby, hopefully everything goes okay. That could be the really scary thing that happens in October. <laughs> Well, it sounds good right now. I'll say that. I am showing that it is recording, so that's another good plus in the right yeah. direction. We'll say that. Uh, listen, folks, you just heard we can get the books out. Also, on this uh, podcast, you can follow Jeremy on Twitter at the Geekish Cast. You can follow me at Bobby Blaze seven forty four on Twitter. You can also follow our joint account, Jeremy. You've blown that account up. Thank you so much, man. It's the Bell to Bell Blaze. That's on Twitter. Um, and if you don't care, fans, listen to us. We, we, we really need this. Rate us, review us, and pass it on, man. That's how we get, you know, we've got a good fan base. I'm real yeah. happy for our fan base. Some of you guys out there just keep uh, retweeting us and texting out. I know there's a Facebook page that, that Jeremy has out there for the Bell to Bell podcast or Bell to Bell Bobby Blaze podcast. So just keep it. Keep it out there, man, and give us some more reviews and, and rate us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever the fuck you download it out. I download it every Friday morning, and then, uh, again, sometimes I download it on my phone later that evening, and, and I, I just try to catch some of the stuff to try to make it better, because we want to bring you the best podcast we can. And with that said, Jeremy, you know, we like to have fun with it, and we hope you have fun. And, and the, the feedback we get, man, has been really good. And that's kind of where we started a podcast at, and is, is that, you know, we don't come on here and try to shit on anyone. Uh, we try to have a good time. You know, we try to show some, lo show some love to the world of professional wrestling. And the reason I mention that because as we get ready to do our top ten, we're going to hold on, motherfuckers. Just hold your breath one more second. <laughs> is this right here? We got ten guys here, and we mentioned this, I think, during the goofiest gimmicks, and we'll mention it again because we're not here to shit on anyone. We're here to have a good time, and we got some gimmicks that flopped. And you know, no one fucking wants to admit, oh man, I, I this gimmick. I mentioned Kendo earlier. You know, uh, that was three different fucking people, and it, it just one of those things. People trying to fucking make a living. These 
these guys, when we mention these top ten, it's not we're not making a dig on their talent or or trying to shit on them. It's just that the gimmick didn't fucking get over. And the fans know, true wrestling fans know, man. You know when you've been fucking snowed or shit on or you know whatever. You know what I'm saying. So with that said, because Jeremy he'll straighten me out on one of them. I was like last night, you know, thinking, oh no, can't put him on a list. And Jeremy like Bobby, and he'll tell you that in a second. But uh, just so everyone knows, we're not trying to shit on any of these guys that have these gimmicks. We're just talking about the gimmicks that flopped. It was the gimmicks themselves. And once again, it goes without saying, you could have your own top ten. This is who Jeremy and I picked for our top ten, and we hope you enjoy our list. And with that said, I'm going to leave a segue for Jeremy to say number ten whenever he wants to, uh, <laughs> because I know we get to one of these, he's going to say, Bobby, and I'm like, yeah, I know. I already told him offline, man. I had to differentiate. Goddamn, differentiate between the character <laughs> and the gimmick he portrayed at one point. So anyway, yeah, uh, go ahead, well, Jeremy. <laughs> well, we'll get to that one pretty quickly. Yeah, but, yeah, um, so. <laughs> yeah. But we'll start with uh, this is scary gimmicks that flop. And number ten, we're going to go with Waylon Mercy. Yeah, that's for you, Tex. There you go. Yeah, yeah we really didn't. We even like we had so many number fucking tens out of the what out of between numbers eleven through nineteen, we couldn't decide who the fuck's going to be number ten. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a struggle. Um, yeah, yeah well, Alan Mercy. So he was he was kind of based off of, and I can't remember the character's name. We were just talking Max about. Max Katie. Yeah, Max Katie from uh, Kate Fear. Kate Fear, played by Robert De Niro. Um, yes. He was kind of. He was kind of a slimy, criminal, scary dude that looked like he hung out in the Everglades or something. Um, I, a lot of, I think, a, yeah, I think a lot of his, a lot of his character eventually was recycled or reused or reimagined and used for the Bray Wyatt character. If I'm not mistaken, they have a. They have some similarities. Yeah, I think there's some time there. We kind of talked off air about that, and that that's um, I think Dan Spivey was the Waylon Mercy. Is that that who we decided to? Yeah, kind of like going back and forth. I think that was a character, probably Vince or someone there, creator, whatever. Uh, when Kate Fear come out and was like, you know, looking around for talent. Uh, obviously, Danny Spivey is a big star in Japan and worked all over the world, but. Um, it was just something they, they came up with that character, and it just, uh, you know, Max Katie was a scary character on the movie, but to portray it in a wrestling way, it just didn't come across good. And and I do think it was kept, I don't know how you would say that, maybe in a box or somewhere in the back of someone's mind or a notebook somewhere that was like, you know, here's something that's going to be reoccurring. And there, there's some kind of a tie-in, as you and I spoke about, with the uh, with the Wyatt family and Bray Wyatt and all that. And again, we don't go in there and fact check every little goddamn thing we come up with, but it's just under Jeremy and I, when we spoke offline, one thing we kind of thought there's got to be some tie-ins. Even my youngest, like I said, I mentioned earlier, mentioned his uh, about something. He, he kind of brought up the Wyatt family, and that's just um, I think there's some kind of tie-in there with uh, with Waylon Mercy and the uh, just. There was pieces of that character throughout a few years before the Wyatt's coming along. Is that what we're trying to say, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Something along those lines? Yeah. So, now, Dan Spivey did a great job portraying the character. It just didn't land. Right. For, for whatever reason. I mean, there's going to be a couple of these that are like, we we don't know why this didn't work. There's going to be more. We're going to be like, this was stupid. I don't know why they tried it. This yeah. is one just, it's one of those ones. I don't know why it never quite caught on it, it was creepy it was spooky again it, this character was kind of repackaged into bray wyatt where it did work yeah so 
you know, timing or anything else. I mean, this was the Barry Windham of gimmicks, I guess, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> the timing, yeah. That's yeah. a good way of putting it, yeah. And if you listen to the podcast for regular, you'll catch that reference when he says that. So, yeah, uh, the shirts and the look, the hat, and I don't know. I think they had a good idea, just didn't at the time. And yeah. now... But, you know, several years later, that, that it did get over, but but not under that, that Waylon Mercy name. And that's not a dig towards Dance Spivey, but number 10 was Waylon Mercy, and he did not get op- uh, over. So, um, you know. Yep. And you know what I started to say when I said Mercy? What's I'm that? A, I'm, I'm going to break from our top 10 real quick. You know what? Woo, have mercy, Daddy. We had a couple <laughs> messages this week, man. The we boogie did. woogie man, Jimmy Valiant, sent us a fucking personal message. Uh, you talking about texting and in number 10 here because we couldn't decide between 11 and 19. So I had a good personal message from George South that made my night. And he left this one on the Bell to Bell podcast, my good friend George. Uh, and, and Tex took care of that. And then handsome Jimmy, the boogie woogie man. Uh, send us a message. We got to get them sound bites together eventually. Yeah. We, got, we got the Rock and Roll Express. We got fucking, uh, Jimmy Valiant. Uh, seemed like I'm missing some of the Hall of Famers. We'll get these Hall of Famers, man. They're really putting yeah. over the, uh, Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze podcast. Well, yeah. And George South being the third George one. George South. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, um, with that said, um, thank you guys very much. Uh, we appreciate those sound bites. Yeah. That was. Uh, that was awesome. So Friday, we were out of town this weekend, but was yeah. with some friends. And, and I, I had to, I had to get that MC or, yeah. So I apologize. We're off the top 10, but number two was Wayland Mercy and we'll have Mercy Daddy. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and so we're getting shit face drunk and uh, all of a sudden that popped up in my uh, Twitter feed. Yeah. And I watched it and I'm like, holy shit. And I show it to everybody. They're like, who's that? I'm like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Uh, it's the boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know who he is? Yeah, but, but I digress. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, I yep. popped big time too. I, yeah, I loved it. I sure did, man. It was just it's wonderful, and uh, it's just you know when I got it, I popped. What can I say? Yeah, that was so. Awesome. Anyway, when it said mercy, I had to get that in there. Let's move on to number nine. I'm gonna introduce him, and I'm gonna let Jeremy. Uh, uh, Chew my ass out if he wants to. <laughs> this is Jeremy's vote for number nine. I'm just uh, backing it because of uh, the gimmick, not the person. And if you know me at all, you'll know it. I know it's not the person. But coming in at number nine on the uh, scariest gimmicks that flopped, anyone that fucking puts a nylon on her fucking head, you're not in there robbing a bank or something, but you go on national TV with a fucking chainsaw. It's Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> and I I'll tell you another goddamn thing, Jeremy. <laughs> my jackass. My jackass. Uh, Bobby fought me on Charlie. Number nine, tell me about it. Bobby, you fought me on this one because I threw the yes. name out there. You're like, no, it's it's just not happening. I'm not putting him on there. And I said, I'm not talking about Terry Funk. I'm talking about Chainsaw Charlie. And folks, that's a shoot. I was tweeting them, uh, we direct message on Twitter and I was writing them back going, I can't do it. I can't. It was like Brad being a racking man and Brad Armstrong and that goofy gimmick. And he was like, Bobby, you gotta understand, we're not talking about Brad, we're talking about the gimmick. And, and I swear to you, it's 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So whatever it is out in California, the last message I wrote, I, Jeremy wrote me. What did you say? What did you say? Oh God, what did you I say? You said it, 
We're not talking about Terry Funk. We're talking about the gimmick at Chainsaw Charlie. So finally, right before I went to bed, and I read, read that last message, and I was like, okay, put him in the top ten because I couldn't get past the part of Terry Funk. I said, he was just there for a paycheck. He was just there having fun. And Jerry, write me back. You're not seeing my point. It's not Terry Funk. It's Chainsaw Charlie, Bobby. Yeah. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a couple things out there. I mean, basically they were shooting for Leatherface, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, I believe they had him teaming with Mick Foley. I'm pretty yes. sure, or mankind at the time. So, here's one of the big issues I run into all the time with the WWF or WWE, depending on what era we're talking about. First off, you know he can't use the chainsaw. Don't give somebody something they can't use as part of their gimmick. Right. You know he's not gonna be chainsawing anybody. Matter of fact, if you go back to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, only one person got chainsawed in that. So you know it's not going to happen. Secondly, who puts a fucking pantyhose on Terry <laughs> Funk's head? And didn't he? No. You know who I think did it, if I remember correctly? I think Terry Funk done it. <laughs> I think, if I if I understood correctly, I, I read it in his book, where I heard it. I'm pretty sure I read it in his book. Uh hardcore legend whatever if i'm not mistake mistaken he grabbed a, a pair of pantyhose off sherry martell <laughs> and put them over his head himself to become chainsaw charlie so uh i don't know if that was a character suggestion or if that was just terry funk going you know what i'm just here for a paycheck i'm gonna have a good fucking time they want to give me this gimmick i'll fucking make it work that just shows what kind of talent he has but like oh, yeah that the gimmick itself is like, well, I'll tell you, when I saw it, uh, we're going to get into this a little bit later on about one of these characters, too. Uh, I personally saw it uh, happening while I was still working with WCW and watching the programs and stuff like that. When I saw that on WWF time, I was like, oh, man, that's my hero, man. But see, it just it just is like, like you said, what the fuck are you supposed to do with it? Even though Terry's... Probably, I don't know how he said it or whatever, and I get my book out over and look at it, but, uh, you know, give me that fucking pair of pantyhose and, and, and cut the end off and stick over my head, and I'll go out there and I'll make this fucking gimmick get over. Watch this. You know what I'm saying? One of those things like, you know what? Watch this. And it just didn't get over. Uh, it, it, creepy, scary, whatever, blatant ripoff of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or whatever, but uh, I, I couldn't get past that point of it. Uh, but Jeremy did, so he put it on the list, and it's rightfully so. So I have to agree with him, you know. Yeah, it's, again, and it's not a knock against Terry Funk. I mean, no, no, no. You know, Terry Funk's one of the greatest of all time. You know, it, it, this thing didn't work. And I, again, I think when you give somebody something as part of their gimmick that you know they can't use, it'd be like sending a guy out with a machete. You know, it's not going to get involved. It can't. You know, you can't murder somebody in the ring. Yeah. So I just. Yeah, it's, you know, and not only that, but the WWF's tendency to take well-known people and go, fuck it, you don't know this guy, you know, Kurt yeah. Henning, what's the AWA? He's Mr. Perfect, and he's never wrestled before today, you know, and then and then to do that to Terry goddamn Funk of all goddamn people. Yeah. No wonder it didn't get over. That's that's all exactly. I'm saying. Exactly, that's the point. It flopped. It flopped. So, yeah. so there you go. Speaking, oh, of, speaking of flops and plops, <laughs> number eight, Mantar. I feel uh, stupid just saying it. Yeah, huge flop. Yeah. Huge flop. <laughs> that, when that come out, I was like, wait, what? 
And I still, obviously still watching quite a bit at that point, but I'm, I, I still don't get it. What the fuck was that? You know, I, t- Mantar was, is that, I don't know, it's mythological, it's, it's, the Minotaur? Man, Minotaur, it's, what, how do they expect you to, I don't know, it's, it's WWF TV at the time, but it just flopped. I don't, I'm speechless, honestly. Back, what he a collegiate wrestler? Um, he was, he was, at the very least, he was a catch wrestler. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, the guy, he's a legit tough guy, a legit wrestler, a guy who can, you know, fold you about 900 ways. So what do we do with him? Put a fucking bull's head on him and send him on out, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Oh, And then don't have him wrestle. Don't give him a functioning bull's head to wrestle in. (laughs) Give him one they can wear to the ring and then take off. (laughs) Oh, man. I I don't even know. Like, I want to cut into this character, but... I kind of feel like there's really, I mean, he came to the ring wearing a bull's head. Right. <laughs> what the fuck are you supposed to do with this? Uh, I, well, what I was going to say, <laughs> I'm sitting there trying to think, how do I make chicken salad out of chicken shit? But then I'm sitting there going, you're trying to make a bull shit out of a bull's head. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's uh, I, I don't know. He mooded his opponent's body. He mooded. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. What's the old thing? Uh, you want to see, what, what is it? You want a good T-bone steak? You don't have to just ask the butcher or something. You ain't got to stick your finger up a bull's ass. What's the thing about Chris Farley saying about that Tommy boy or whatever? That's where I'm going with it. Like, uh, well, let's just stick this out there. We'll stick our fingers up everyone's ass out there, and, and he'll wear a bull's head, and everyone will be like, oh, this will be great. But unfortunately, it flopped. Oh, yeah. It, it was... So, uh, I don't, I, I'm rambling on because I don't know what to say. I, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed that you someone would do that. Hey, you know, Jim Cornette managed him. I mean, there's there's something, right? <laughs> well, I think that's when you're trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. When you say, Jimmy, get, <laughs> get this guy I'm over. sure at that time he wasn't trying to ruffle any feathers, but, like, you know, whatever, or or, or shake a, a, a bull's ass at him or whatever, or call bullshit. But like you said, they probably said, you know, hey, put Corny with him. He'll get it over. And Corny's probably going, well, uh, <laughs> I can't wait to get back to the Louisville. <laughs> I just, I, I'm imagining that conversation in my head. Uh, hey, hey, Jimmy, we, we, hey, pal, we, we need you to. Get over here, and you're going to run around with this minotaur. And then Jim Cornette's like, God damn, I'm trying to eat a sandwich, uh, cheeseburger no, over here. Like, God damn it, Vince. <laughs> it's triple cheeseburger, triple cheese, triple. <laughs> I had to get him to bring out a whole new jar of mayonnaise and an extra block of cheese just to make the burger. And now you want me to run around with a goddamn minotaur. Well, fucking shit, goddamn piss off. You're a Republican. I can tell from here. <laughs> He's probably I could have fucking be back in Tennessee and I could fucking put a, I could put a fucking title on that fucking Bobby Blaze from over there in Ashland, Kentucky and have less fucking headaches than I have up here. Oh shit. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? But yeah, if Corny couldn't salvage it and it flopped, what are you gonna oh, say? Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I yeah. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> Enough for fucking Vince and Corny, uh, uh, or Corny Vince impressions, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So let's go to number oh, seven. Shit. Is this another one that's just a copycat off of several different, 
uh, gimmicks, I guess. Uh, we, we mentioned a couple last week that really got over. We had, uh, uh, Vampiro and Gangrel we kind of put together. And of course, the number one that got over was The Undertaker. But yeah. this cat right here, man, it just flopped big time. Coming at number six was, uh, uh, Mordecai. Yeah, in the in the poking around I've done on this on this guy, it looks like the vignettes were actually kind of catching. Like people were interested. They seem to have created a interesting character. And then he comes out and he's basically just a more albino Undertaker. Because <laughs> you know the Undertaker's pretty pale when he's you know if you look at the skin oh, yeah. underneath that tattoo, it's he would burn in direct sunlight. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and this guy was just like, he was the Undertaker in white, and they couldn't quite get him to carry a cross, so they just gave him a cross with some funny ends on it. <sighs> yeah, I, I, this is, this is another one of those, like, where, where do you, what do you even say about this one? It just, it was creepy, and yeah. it didn't work. Even, it looks kind of stupid, too. Bobby, you got anything yeah. to add to about that? <laughs> I'm trying to blank, man. I really am, man. Uh, what are you going to, I don't know. It's just, I, I really don't. I don't know. It's just a, what What? What? What was he, a Morticia Adams of fucking pro wrestling? I don't know, man. Uh, I think he was a religious extremist, uh, pseudo-messiah characters, what they were pseudo -messiah. shooting. Pseudo-messiah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, man, I. I don't know. I, yeah. I really don't. I, I was like, did the how? well? Obviously, it flopped. You know, we 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 know that. I don't. I don't have anything for you, honestly. I'm drawing. <laughs> I can sit there and go. I'm gonna look online real quick and try to bullshit you, uh, which you know, I'd be manator and be full of shit or bullshit. But uh, I don't have anything on Mordecai, man. I just I know it flopped, and yeah. like you said, it's just a cheap rip off of of other characters. And what are you gonna do with it? You know. Um, and it's supposed to be scary and spooky, and that's our theme. Yeah. So, you know, uh, people might have been creeped out or whatever, but, you know, we're, uh, he's a little bit scary or whatever, but obviously it just flopped, especially two fans like you and I, who are still obviously watching during that time period, don't have anything on them, and I'm not going to sit there and look it up and try to bullshit my way through it, and you're sitting there going, well, I had this and that, and it's like, we still got nothing, so Mordecai was a fucking flop, and that's that. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> he flopped on the show, and he flopped for us, too. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get, let's move over him because the next one will be kind of fun. Yes. Number six, Kevin Sullivan brought him in, and he was the Yeti. Uh, Yeti. Striking yeah. fear. I, I'm sure the entire audience just like pooped themselves in fear when I announced that his presence was coming. Yes. Okay. So the Yeti. It's supposed to be a bipedal snow ape thing that kills people in the Himalayas. So, Bobby, what we're going to do is we're going to take a big guy and we're going to wrap him in toilet paper and call him a Yeti. It's obviously a natural fit, right? It sounds familiar. Yes, yes. That, yeah. that's, that's the natural fit, yes. Yeah, yeah, because when you think Yeti, you obviously think of an Egyptian mummy. Right, that's just, I mean, that goes straight together. Then what we're going to do, we're going to have this giant mummy break out of a block of ice very dramatically and then dry hump Hulk Hogan. What do you think? <laughs> sounds, sounds like a winning fucking formula for the ever-failing and eventually closed down, bought out for pennies on a dollar WCW. <laughs> you know, for a company that was doing so much right, like right after this, they sure had a lot of wrong right at this time. Yes. Yeah. Holy cow. 
I don't know, you know, the Ron, Ron Reese was a character. I met Ron, and I actually had a show up in Pikeville, Kentucky. I'd booked, and I'd booked them, several people. Uh, Pez Watley was bringing me some guys from Atlanta and stuff, and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, just just bring Ron. Just have a big seven-foot fucking guy come up here. And it's, an, it's an outdoor show. Is is uh, so I want, I'll get these two holidays always mixed up. It was Memorial Day weekend, and a guy, uh, Marley, Marlo was a guy's name. We used to do wrestling shows at his um, bar in Pikeville, Kentucky, and he also had a big old farm, man, and he, he had everything out there, horses and a big house and, 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 and farmland and this and that. And I said, yo, for fuck's sake, you know, we're not bringing the Eddie in. We've already went through it, which is going to lead to our next one. It's kind of a tie-in. But uh, Pez said, I can get you this guy, this guy, this guy. And end up being Pez and, and the Batten twins and myself and a couple other guys. But uh, but the Yeti didn't show up, thank goodness, out in the fucking heat of Memorial Day weekend oh, in Pikeville, Kentucky. It would have been terrible. But uh, nothing gets wrong. But, uh, yeah, you know, like you said, Kevin came up with it. But you got a guy walking out through. And I've been to those worldwide tapings, man. Those things held 300 people. You're at an amusement park, and they go around on the shuttles and the buses, and they pick you up, and they bring you into the air conditioner for about a, uh, about an hour or so while they film. Some of them are wrestling fans from around the world, and, of course, it's the worldwide taping, so they show them everywhere. But you got this big fucking guy, seven-foot fuck all, and, and he's walking out with fucking toilet paper hanging off of him. You know, and it's just like even a fucking most intelligent people and a most fucking over wrestling people and the people that's just trying to get out of the fucking heat are thinking, what the fuck did I even come in here for when that guy comes walking out through there? Just, uh, you know, big, loose, sloppy. Uh, you know, he had a good body and stuff. He played ball. You know, he played basketball. He's a big, strong, cop, strong looking guy. But, uh, Drag your feet walking out. And I, I'm kind of jumping because I, I can. I know we're going to tie in the next one at some point with this guy, but I don't. For a company the size of WCW, don't you think they could have done a little bit better with that character, or and why even introduce that character? I guess I don't. Yeah. Know. Well, and I'm going to get come, blocked. Go I'm going to come back to something. I'm going to say about this one, then we'll move on. Yeah. But the Yeti's supposed to be this big hairy, you know, thing. Um, when we get to number one, we'll see why that idea doesn't work out either. <laughs> um, all right, let's keep moving here. Number five, yeah. the mummy, Prince Karis. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, it kind of goes with the Yeti, even though mm-hmm. the Yeti is supposed to be a different right. look. He still looked like a mummy. So with that said, uh, the mummy in Smoky Mountain, Prince Karis, big Rob Maisie, uh, you know, from everything I understood, and, and, I, and I got along with Rob so good. I knew him way back when. Uh, we'd done some shows in West Virginia together, and he actually done several characters, as did I. when We worked for uh, Bobby Fulton shows over in uh, Ohio for the All-Star Wrestling over there, the big-time wrestling, where it was. But I guess um, everything I've heard from what Cornette said on his podcast, and I don't want to overstep anyone else's podcast. I wasn't booking or anything like that, but I guess... Um, Rick Rubens wanted a mummy at some point on a wrestling show. And anyway, Rob Maisie came in, and uh, we talked about Darren Van Horn, James Mitchell last week as one of the most over for scariest gimmicks. But when the mummy debuted uh, on Smoky Mountain TV, I had two TV matches that I that I went out there and done. And 
out of the hundreds, uh, and I could be wrong on hundreds, I don't know, go fact check it. I've done a shitload of them for three and a half years, whatever it was there. But one, one of them that comes, two of them that come to mind, one's against Bruiser Bedlam, and, uh, and Cornette managed him, and so, uh, my gimmick just was like, get out there, do this, and boom, and that's that. But, uh, when, when they brought Rob in, of course, I already knew him, and he knew Mark Curtis pretty good, uh, as did I. And of course, Cornette asked me would I, you know, go out there and work with them. And, uh, I had no problem doing it. And, and I knew what the deal was. Uh, you know, you're there trying to get a job or have a job and you're glad to have it or whatever. But the first TV tapings I did with, uh, with the mummy, Prince Karras. And we'd done a little program there because, uh, like I said, Darren Van, Cor- Van Horn went off on a fucking all kinds of interviews and this and that. But as far, and the first, and he, th- he would turn his, uh, he had a gimmick on his arm, kind of like the old Bob Orton Jr. thing. He would turn a little thing on his arm like it would go to a harder part of the, the it was like maybe a cast you'd call it, I don't know, underneath the uh, the mummy outfit, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he would turn it, and he'd glob me. And the thing about it was, I will say this, I'm just kind of fitting myself here. I went down the way you should go down. The way he threw the punch, it was like he drove me into the ground, and I just went straight down for it. And, of course, there's no shame in that because you're wrestling a guy that's trying to push. And also, the way he turned it, you got cheated. And I just went straight down and knocked out or whatever. And so I got to work with Rob quite a bit for the next few shows, several house shows and and those type things. But, man, you talk about the firsthand experience of being out there flopping. It fucking flopped. And um, that's not a dig towards Rob or Cornette or, or, or Rick Rubens or whatever. Uh, the thing was, man, I'd been there. And I was used to being out there in front of those TV audiences. You were in a uh, small, a lot of times at that point, the TVs were a small town, a uh, small high school gym, and people knew me. 98% of the fucking people knew me, and they knew it was bullshit. They're like, Bobby, Bobby, whatever. And you got your announcers over there, and they know it. And it's just one of those things that just didn't not get over. You know, Jimmy says, you know, you know, you care to go to the ring, blah, blah, blah. I go to the ring and here comes this fucking guy just dragging his fucking feet, toilet paper hanging on the same thing. As I mentioned, you know, with, uh, uh, the Yeti there, you just shit paper hanging off of you. You're trying to get up to the ring, taking your time. And then I go over and push him. And of course, powder comes out like there's this fucking ancient fucking stink on him. It just flopped, man. From yeah. Beginning to end, it just fucking flopped. And I'm going to shut up about it, but that's that. Well, yeah, that's but, you know. Number five. <laughs> yeah, as the rumor goes, Rick Rubin wanted a mummy, and when Rick Rubin wants a mummy, you give Rick Rubin a fucking mummy. Absolutely. What do you What do, you do? You know? I mean, I, he, he was funding the whole thing. You can't go back and be like, hey, I know we're you're writing us checks, but your idea is stupid. That's not going to work. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's keep moving here. We're going to yeah. go to number four, Papa Shango. Ah, uh, yeah. And there's a perfect example of taking someone that had what? How many gimmicks did he have fucking have up there anyway? Three or four? Uh, at uh, least three. Got the, yeah, then he got the last one, I guess, was a godfather. But, yeah. uh, man, that, i tell you what, I knew... When I saw it on TV, I thought, this is a fucking, this, this is a stinker. This is a real fucking stinker. This is not going to work at all. Just as one of the boys and as a fan. But then when I saw him in a match, uh, it may have been first, second, third, early on in one of the matches, he come out 
and just like hypnotized the fucking, uh, uh, what's the ultimate warrior. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that's when I knew this is definitely a flop. You can't just fucking make people tell, what is it? Uh, using your mind control, telepathy or, or having some kind of fucking uh, voodoo yeah. over someone. I, I was getting to it. I couldn't think of a fucking word. Uh, you know, to use your mind control. Uh, some kind of dark magic or black magic or voodoo or whatever to say, okay, you're going to throw up on yourself and you're going to do this and do that. You, it, it, it's one of those things you, you have to have the TV or it's not going to get over. And in that case, they had strong fucking TV and guess what? It still did not yeah. get over. Papa Shanga did not get over. Yeah. It was, I mean, it looked, it was an impressive look. Yeah. But anytime I see things in wrestling, where you have a black guy painted up in a certain way, I get a little bit, like, I'm always nervous that it's a little bit more racist than it seems at first. You know what I mean? Where you're just yeah. like, I don't think the intentions behind this character were good either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was it was kind of a cool look, and maybe if they had him drugging people instead of hypnotizing them, you know, using the old, uh, the actual Haitian drug that they gave people to turn them into zombies, something like that, maybe that would have worked. But I also feel it's just, you can't follow through with it. He's not, he's a voodoo guy. Yeah. He's not going to be sacrificing chickens. <laughs> he's, you know what I mean? It's just, there are, th- no, I know. I know. there are promises that are made when you create a character like this. It, it's like Chainsaw Charlie. You, you don't put a chainsaw on a guy's hand because it raises the expectation of there being somebody getting poisoned or chainsawed or whatever. Yeah. You know, just you just, yeah, you just can't do it. So yeah, Papa Shango. Just not, yeah. I just, I, I, I know it didn't get over, and I understand why it didn't get over, and um, yeah. So he's number four. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Okay, I guess that's, that's where I'm nice. going with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's do this. We're got. We're gonna get ready to do our top three. Yep. That said, I will take a uh, second here. I'll let you plug the books, but I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go from ten down through four. How's that? Sounds okay, good. so one of the scariest gimmicks that flopped, and you can see why they flopped for Jeremy and I, and that is number 10, Waylon Mercy, number 9, Chainsaw Charlie, number 8, Manitar, number 7, Mordecai, number 6, the Yeti, number 5, the Mummy, Prince Karis, and number 4, Papa Shango. And with that said, Jeremy, how can people help us by rating us, reviewing us, and also helping the show by passing it on? How can they help this program out? Please well, listen. wherever you listen to us, please rate, review, or leave a comment or anything. But, you know, rating and reviewing is really important because it helps people find us easier if we're sitting with higher ratings. Also, if you've got friends who are maybe podcast fans or old-school wrestling fans, Go out and tell a couple of them about our show. Let's let's uh, let's try to get some word of mouth going here because we are just a little bootstrap podcast trying to do things the, the way we think is the right way to do it, respecting the history of wrestling, uh, except in cases like this, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, before we forget, Potter and Family, man, we're a part of that. And if anyone wants to become uh, 
help each other out, other wrestling podcasts and those type things. I'll let you expand on that, but I, I noticed you threw something out there the other day about that on the uh, Bell to Bell podcast uh, Twitter feed. And so if there's any other podcasts out there, man, uh, we're part of the Potter family. Kind of fill them in on that, Jeremy, if yeah, you want so, to go briefly. Po- yeah, Potter and family, it's a hashtag that you use when you're promoting your show. So the idea with it is you, when you write your tweet that you're going to promote your show with, you put the hashtag Potter and family in. And you pin your most recent uh, little tweet about your show to the top of your profile. <clears throat> then you go ahead and follow that hashtag and go share other people's shows. And so doing this, podcasters can help get the word out about each other's shows by using this hashtag. But you have to like and retweet other people's shows. But it, it can be a huge way to get a new show off the ground and get new eyeballs on it. And I encourage you, if you have a podcast out there and you want you want help, you know, getting found, use that method. Put the hashtag in your tweets, but more importantly, go review or go retweet other people's shows and help get the word out about other people. It's it's a way to help each other out in the yeah. process. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that being said, I was also kicking around the idea of coming up with a new hashtag for just pro wrestling podcasts to help each other get the word out. You know, so if you're interested in that, hit me up on Twitter. Bobby, where can yeah. they find us on Twitter? Yes, you can find Jeremy at twi- on Twitter at the Geekish Cast. You can find me on Twitter at Bobby Blaze seven forty four. You can find a joint account for this podcast at Bell to Bell Blaze on Twitter. And there's also a Facebook page, but also just go to the Twitter because I found several really good podcasts using the pottering Potter, Potter, fuck it, say it, Jerry. Easy for Potter you to say. Family. Yes, yeah. get it out there, Bobby. Potter and Family hashtag because I found some other podcasts I really like and enjoy, and I've met some really cool people that I follow on Twitter and, 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 and get to know, not on a real, real personal basis, not on an intimate basis, but on a professional level. It's like, you know what, we're out there trying to help each other, and, and you know, you can have some fun time. I love podcasts. I'm a podcast mark, and you know I love some of the couple of the big ones I listen to weekly. But also, man, I found you know, like like yours, Jeremy. I stumbled across it, man. And there's the Geekish Cast. I got to give this a listen, you know. And um, that's how you find stuff like that. So just follow a hashtag. I uh, hope you come up a new uh, new one for pro wrestling because uh, uh, there's several podcasts out there that I follow and listen and enjoy. And I'm always trying to re- retweet things, uh, even though I can't spit them out half the damn time. I can at least. Uh, 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 listen and enjoy some of these uh, great podcasts that are available, and we can also help each other by paying it forward by retweet. And then what you do add on here on Twitter is just retweet it, man. Like it, retweet it, give them a listen, rate them, review them, you know, post a comment or two or whatever, and 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 fuck off, move on about your business, which our business is the top ten <laughs> scariest gimmicks of all time in professional wrestling that fucking flopped. All right. Well, with that yeah. being said, let's pick up with number three, the Boogeyman. Boogeyman, yeah. Man. He, he seems rather similar to the last guy, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just, there you go. Mm-hmm. Put a little bit more face paint on him, color him a little bit more. I don't know what the idea with the big fucking clock was. I don't know, he's coming around midnight or whatever, but... Also, you know what? Let's, eat him. Let's have him eat some fucking worms. Yeah. Every fucking kid... Is scared and 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 doesn't ever want to eat a worm or fucking Freddy's a worm. I don't fucking know, but uh, yeah, the boogeyman. Everyone's scared of the fucking boogeyman. He lives under your fucking bed. He's in the closet. I don't. I don't. Ah, uh, fuck. 
Yeah, see, and, and the reason the boogeyman is scary, and I mean the traditional boogeyman, is you never really know what he looks like. You know what I mean? Right. He's just this thing, this amorphous thing that's going to get you. You put the boogeyman on screen and he ain't so scary. Right. Nothing nothing when given form is actually that, as scary as it was in your head, you know? Nothing ever is. And it's just it's another one of those. So what's the boogeyman going to do? Is he going to kidnap kids? No. Oh, well, then he's not really the boogeyman, is he? Right? I mean, right. No, you're right. Going, yeah. Keeping with what you said earlier, going back to the chainsaw, going back all the way through them all, um, you know, putting spells on people or whatever. Like you said, man, what's the what's he going to do? Is he come out and gonna fucking snatch kids out of the crowd? Where yeah. is where is this character going? And how come it doesn't get over? Is because he it's not scary. You know, it's yeah. a flop. Was but he, he was sneaking around a ring. What I mean? Yeah, and and wasn't he one where they weren't really they weren't really pushing him as a heel or a face? They were kind of doing both or in between. I so think he, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was just it's just a weak <clears throat> it's weak execution of a so so concept. I guess is where I'm headed with that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess when you have the power of TV, you could do so much more with your vignettes. You can do, and we've talked about the production of WWETV mm-hmm. and stuff. You could do so much more with it or whatever. But that's just, like you said, there's, I don't know, I like a little taste of realism with some things. And that's one of those things right there that uh, there's no realism to it whatsoever. Because once you put the face or the embodiment of this is what the boogeyman looks like, everyone's going, yeah, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this, this is over. Uh Let's go get some popcorn, Jeremy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just, you know, it, everybody's got their own boogeyman. Putting, I'm not even going to follow that track. Look, I go. like I like a little bit of magic realism as much as anybody does. Sure. When you're in pro wrestling, though, you're supposed to be watching a sport. You know, and having having Dustin Rhodes painted up as, as a, a guy standing outside a window, all this stuff, it makes promises that have nothing to do with the story you're telling in the ring. And wrestling stories should be told in the goddamn ring. Yeah. And all yep. the all the other shit is extra. I mean, you're right, Bobby. You know, when you've got this big TV machine behind you, you can do more. <clears throat> and maybe you should do more. But if this is what you're going to use it for, then you're doing something wrong. Yeah. And speaking of doing something wrong, let's move yep. on to number two. And that was going, I was going to say, man, what a great way to lead into number two about having TV, having production, having the money to do something. And I'm sitting in a very room where I watched this debut because I worked for the company around that time. When I saw this debut, I, I used an old Arn Anderson had said something. They, they done something. They were talking about WCW. I was there, and something happened, and Arn come back, and we was watching the monitor, and he said, that just cost a bunch of people their jobs. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, and, and, and that was a whole other segment, uh, because I was actually in the locker room when that was said. I was at home. I was in a room I'm sitting at, in right now, watching TV. I knew it was going to happen. I'd heard. I wasn't in Vegas. I heard it was going to happen. WCW paid Kiss, I think it was like $500,000. They was going to debut this new character, which was a complete fucking flop, and he's going to come in at number two, and I'm going to announce him if you don't know by now. It was the fucking demon 
the guy dressed up, Del Thornburg dressed up as Gene Simmons and come out and they fucking played a rock and rock kiss song. They played them for the rights to do that on a Monday fucking nitro or, and I sit there and I thought, well, that there just cost about a hundred fucking people their job because of five hundred thousand fucking dollars. Why not go out and hire ten guys at fucking fifty thousand dollars a piece and get out there and work and they're wanting jobs and they're fucking cutting jobs and they fucking nothing against Dale and the gimmicks and this and that or the wrestler or person or whatever, but goddamn what a fucking waste of time. What a waste of fucking gimmick. What a waste of fucking money. What a waste of fucking Every fucking thing, that thing was, it didn't get over, it no. fucking flopped, and because the decisions made uh, in that organization, which eventually fucking shut down it because of bullshit like this, and the demon did not get over whatsoever, it got over worse than a fucking fart in a church, man, I mean, it just, it was shit, it was shit, Jeremy. Oh, absolutely, and, and check this out. The first time out, the demon was played by Brian Adams. Then they switched to Dale Torberg, who they had originally told he was going to be the demon anyways, and they took it away from him to give it to Brian Adams. Mm. If anything says corporate malfeasance, it's shit <laughs> like that. Yeah. You know? It's it just unbelievable to me. Now, apparently, well, first off, let me say this about Kiss. I love certain Kiss songs, but Kiss themselves, Gene Simmons has said, Kiss is a brand more than a band. Yeah. They will take anybody's licensing money for any deal. They do not. <laughs> they do not give a fuck. You want to make Hello Kitty Kiss figures? You sign me a big enough check, and the answer is going to be yes. So they paid WCW paid to license this character. Had Kiss come out, play God of Thunder, and nobody fucking watched it. Okay, first, that's a big problem right there. Two, there was originally a plan for a whole KISS army of characters in WCW. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You are going to get a bunch of knockoff half-assed <laughs> KISS characters in WCW. That's where they were headed. Oh, God. And, and you well, know, by this point in their career, KISS was already a nostalgia act, you know? Yeah. Young people were not listening to KISS. I think, I, I know I've seen Kiss about five times. And I want to say in 98, um, that was probably the fourth or fifth time I saw them. And then again in, what, 2000, I think it was, I saw them again. And as a band, I saw, you know, as a fan, I was a young kid. I saw them in eighth grade in uh, 1978. Mm -hmm. uh, watched them, you know, just, but at that point, you're already smartened up to the gimmick, like you said earlier, not to be redundant, but sign the fucking line, man. We're a fucking merchandising machine, man. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll take your fucking money. The only thing I'll say about that is, 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 <laughs> okay, I'll be a greedy bastard for two seconds here, Jeremy, okay? Sure thing, yeah. Because I did not know, or if I did, I had forgotten that there was going to be a whole Kiss Army, okay? I know what kind of money I was making. And I know I was getting get laid off for, because of bullshit like this. Like Arn <laughs> said, there goes about 40 fucking jobs, you know. Yep. And I said it, I said it to my, whoever was sitting in this room, I was leaving that. I said, there, there goes a bunch of jobs right there. 
if Data said, Bobby, we want you to be fucking Ace Fraley, a copy of the Space Banner. We need you to be Peter Chris. We want you to dress up as a cat or, or you know what, Bobby, you're the fucking love child. Put a fucking star on your eye or your ass. It don't matter to me. I tell you what, I would have probably said, okay, where do I sign at? You know, so, uh, if I had that opportunity presented to me, so it goes back to what I was saying earlier. As far as one of the boys, you gotta take that fucking chance when you can as far as the opportunity goes. But had I done that or had anyone else done that, because obviously it didn't happen, but with the, with the demon it did, it would have been a complete fucking flop, no matter who you put out there doing that. And I guarantee goddamn it that um, Gene Simmons and, and Paul Stanley, the main two right there, especially with the marketing machine that it is, Mean Gene marketing that motherfucking thing, mm-hmm. they could care less whether that fucking thing flopped or not. We got our money. Oh, yeah, they're checked you clear know, either way. It, yeah. There you go. So they didn't give a fuck, and it flopped. And like you said, no one was watching except for my dumb ass. <laughs> I was concerned about my job. Yeah, Bobby, I watched, I watched that episode too, but okay, looking at the numbers, I think we're the only two that watched. There you go. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, Just, man, it is a big flop. The fucking demon, what a fucking flop, man. Yeah, so there, there's your number two, everybody. And number yep. two is also what you call poop. <laughs> but that being said, okay. we'll we'll go we'll go and we'll finish this list off. Number one, Bob, do you want an answer? Or do you want me to do it? Uh, go ahead. I'll say this though, real quickly. I hope mm-hmm. everyone that's listening had as much t- fun listening to this again as I've had recording it with Jeremy because this has been another fun fucking list and it, 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 it thank you so much for making it fun and enjoyable because we do we do have fun on this podcast and we and you have made it enjoyable i've laughed really good at this so with that said give us number one scariest gimmick of all time that flaw oh number one the giant gonzalez <laughs> yeah um, where, what where, did you where to begin? um he's a very tall man from Argentina, I believe. Yeah. Uh, he wrestled under the name in WCW. He wrestled as El Gigante, but they didn't put a stupid fursuit on him. Yeah. To make it worse, Bobby, they didn't just put a fursuit on him. They airbrushed muscles onto the rest of the suit where there wasn't fur. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I I wasn't there in WCW. Was there. Of course, El Gigante was, you know, he played, I guess he was under a basketball contract for the Atlantic Hawks mm-hmm. and, and, uh, Ted Turner, you know, I guess he didn't make the, obviously didn't make the Hawks because of the basketball skills weren't on the NBA level. Uh, and of course to reach the NBA level, uh, you've got to be a tremendous fucking athlete to yes. begin with. So he's under a contract and they sent him over to the power plant at the time, which wasn't fully up and running, I guess, as a full-time training facility that eventually became. But I know, like, Bobby Eaton has told me before what a nice guy he was and how he tried to help him out and things like that. Uh, but, you know, he just didn't have the ability to become a professional wrestler. And, and of course, once his contract expired, and you can fact-check all that, how that works and stuff, Vince or someone there in New York and WWF or whatever, they, they see this giant of a guy, literally a giant of a fucking guy, that that they can get under contract with them, and um, we're going to give them a push to the fucking moon, but we're going to put them in kind of a, go back to number uh, six, a Yeti kind of 
you know, we're putting them in a six-year-old fucking Halloween costume that has the puffy fucking muscles because we don't have any real fucking muscles because he's a lean basketball player that's seven foot six or whatever it was. And then not only that, like Jeremy said, we'll put some fake phony fucking mantar hair on it off the fucking uh, head gimmick we had in the back. Go back there and shave that fucking buffalo or that fucking bull or whatever. Get some hair off of that and glue it in the right appropriate places. But in the meantime, you know what? They got this thing in the 90s down at the mall where a guy fucking sits back and airbrushes license plates and T-shirts. You know what? Have him fucking airbrush the muscles on that motherfucker, too, while you're at it. And we'll come out with the fucking giant Gonzalez, and it'll be over like a, oh, fuck. What were they thinking, man? It did not get over. It it didn't look right, and and when they gave up on actually having fur on his costume, they airbrushed fur onto the costume. <laughs> it's just, you know, the thing is, and it, this goes back to the expectations, right? I'm gonna I, that's a s- string I keep strumming this episode. You got this big tall bastard. We've seen him before, guys. We know he's not covered in muscles. Ah, fuck it, just draw some on him. Okay, but he's not that muscular. He's not muscular in that way. He's muscular like a, a basketball player, not yeah. like Bigfoot, I guess, is what they were going for with him, you know? I guess, yeah. Yeah. No, they've so already done the Yeti. The yeah, well, oh, man, say, they've already done that, right, or a hairy yeah. beast or whatever. Ah, fuck, let's go for Bigfoot. Yeah, let's go for Bigfoot, in which case they should have just wrapped him in uh, mummy bandages, because that works for bipedal apes, apparently. <laughs> apparently so. Yeah. It's went over before, right? Yep. Well, like and, all these other nine did. Oh, God. And, well, and that's the thing, is they pushed the shit out of him, and the audience still went, blah. Yeah, you that's know? the thing, man. People know. It goes back to, like... Number six with the Yeti and, the, and number five, the mummy. And, and when you talk about El Gante or Giant Gonzalez, whatever, when they walk out through there, man, people know, oh, this is going to be shit. You know, and I even, you know, no shame in the fact that I know I done some WWF TV back in the day. And you know, when you walk out through there, whether you're watching it, whether you're going to be in a ring or whether you're in a back or whatever, people just, people are not fucking stupid, man. Uh, and some people want to be insulting to the professional wrestling fans. And I'll tell you what, some of the greatest people and the best people in the world I've met come from the world of professional wrestling as far as fans go. And uh, they're not fucking stupid. They know what they like in professional wrestling. And with these ten characters we've given them, or these ten gimmicks we've given out today, every one of them, as soon as they come out, people are like, ah, uh, fuck it. Like I said earlier, it's time for the popcorn, Jeremy. These mm-hmm. gimmicks fucking flopped. When you see that guy walking out, you just know, like, oh, shit. Let's get out of here and go to the concession stand. Uh, anyway, now, with that said, I think it's time you and I head to the concession stand, man. Maybe a cold beer is on tap for us. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Well, Bobby, thank you for uh, sitting in on this episode again. Always my pleasure. Yes, sir. Thank you. Fortunately, we were coming from a less spooky location. And uh, assuming that everything goes smoothly next week, we will be skipping over spooky locations again and just coming from uh, well, some part of Texas. I don't remember the venue, but we'll, we'll figure it out next week. So that being said, everybody, for myself, Jeremy Vilmer, and for my broadcast partner, Bobby Blaze, bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>